This episode of Rolling with Ray is sponsored by the Texas Boot Company, located in Bastroff, Texas, nationally renowned for hundreds of unique styles of exclusive boots, handmade by some of the best boot makers in Texas. Head to toe outfitters, whether you're all cowboy or just from the shins down, check them out and enjoy free shipping nationwide. Visit www.texasbootcompany.com for more information. In honor of Breast Awareness Month, in this episode of Rolling with Ray, you will meet the incredible fighter Esther Coleman. Esther has worked over 40 years for the city of Grand Prairie in her current position as the Director of Housing and Neighborhood Services. She will talk about her life journey, her career, and her battle with breast cancer. As you may be aware, I recently lost my mother and Esther also lost her mother around the same time. We will also discuss how she is dealing with the passing of her mother. Esther has an incredible story that you get to hear about in episodes 25 and episodes 26. In part two, we will dive into how Esther is dealing with having breast cancer. Come along and follow her journey. Well, Esther, thank you so much for being on uh, my show called Rolling with Ray podcast. So uh, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Great, great. So I guess the first question that I had for you is, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, like where you grew up? Okay. Uh, well, I grew up in Dallas, Texas. Um, I am a product of Dallas Independent School District. I graduated from Lincoln High School in 1975. Um, I lived most of that time in Oak Cliff. Gotcha. Um, can you tell me how many siblings you have? Absolutely. I am the oldest of five. I have, I actually grew up in the household with three sisters and one brother. Um, probably around my senior year, my father remarried. And from that union, uh, there were two. So I have two younger sister, a sister and a younger brother. Gotcha. And you're married and you have a couple children? I am married. I've been married since 1986. I married um, one of my high school classmates, uh, Anthony Coleman. Um, we were very, very good friends in high school. We ran track together. Um, I married him in 86. And when we married, I brought a son into the marriage and he brought a son into the marriage and we share a daughter. So um, I would say I'm the, we are the proud parents of three. That's uh, great. That You sound like you have a lovely family. I do have a lovely family. And, uh, that's great. And how many grandchildren do you have? I have six grandchildren. Wow, that's awesome. My, my oldest granddaughter is 12. And then uh, the youngest, who also is a granddaughter, just turned three this month, I have. Um, three granddaughters and three grandsons. That's awesome. So um, I know you, you, uh, Esther and I first met, um, I don't know, several years ago, but uh, I recently went back to work for the city of Grand Prairie as the director of Parks and Recreation, and Esther's the director of housing 
and uh, we'll get into her story here in just a minute. But uh, she has over 40 years of, uh, of experience in the housing industry, and uh, she'll talk a little bit more about that. But when you're away from work, Esther, uh, what are some of the hobbies that you enjoy? I really love to swim. So I like to swim. Um, I, for years prior to the pandemic, I played volleyball, a co-ed volleyball. And um, most recently, probably the last three years, I've been enjoying playing pickleball with uh, my colleagues. We are part of a group called the Divas. So I, I like that. I enjoy that a lot. You know, pickleball is, is a big uh, sport. It's, uh, my understanding, is the number one fastest growing sports in the United States. And uh, it seems like everybody's jumping on uh, playing uh, pickleball. Oh, I can understand why. It's a lot of fun. So I, I know you mentioned that you had gone to Lincoln High School. Uh, they were so famous back in the in the 70s for their track teams and stuff. So you happen to be part of that track team in 1974. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your experience as, uh, I guess I'm talking to a, a state UIL champion in the mile relay. Can you talk a little bit about that? I absolutely can. Um, DISD introduced or um, they opened up Girls Athletic in 1974 uh, and we became part of the UIL and so we had track, basketball, um, and some others and I was part of the track team and our first year out we won the mile relay um, in state actually. We set a state record. Um, and we were probably a tenth of a second from the national record. So we got a lot of recognition. It was very exciting. It was new, and I really enjoyed it. That's awesome. So when I was in high school before I got hurt, uh, I actually ran the, the half mile and the mile, and then occasionally I'd run the – I was part of the mile relay team occasionally. Uh, but, uh, yeah, those were good – good memories uh, of, of my high school days, and I'm Absolutely. sure you, you've, you've thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, after high school, so where did you go to college? I actually went to a historical black college in Houston, Texas Southern University. Um, I went there on a track scholarship, um, and I, I was only there a year, though. I um, got pregnant with my son, my eldest son. So I returned home to um, actually for the support of my family in, in raising him. Um, I was a single mom. So um, um, after that, I went to a junior college to finish up a, a lot of my basics and then moved on to the University of Texas at Arlington. That's awesome. That's a great story. So how did you get involved in housing and neighborhood services? Oh, my goodness. Well, I met a friend. I was actually, uh, my education background was in accounting, and I was working for an organization where I met um, a young lady, and we became very good friends. 
Um, after leaving that organization, she and I, she later about a year or so called me because there was an opening um, at the organization that she was working for in which it was called the um, how well it was community renewal agency right and so she asked me at the time I was working for um, Kaiser Permanente here out on 635 which was a long drive from where I was living I was currently living in Oak Cliff so to drive from Oak Cliff to Grand Prairie is a much less <laughs> travel and doesn't have all of the stress related to it. And so I applied for the job and I got it. Um, I was responsible for the financials or assisting in paying landlords um, that were part of Grand Prairie Section 8 program. And the rest is history. I've been there since then. And that was December of 1985. That's great. So you basically worked from the your way up to the organization of Grand Prairie and became the director of housing and neighborhood services. I did. Uh, that that's just a phenomenal story. Uh, that in itself, because you know, in these days, you don't hear of employees staying at uh, an organization for forty plus years. Right. So I, I commend your commitment not only to the city of Grand Prairie, but uh, the dedication that you have done in your career. Absolutely. With that said, uh, what is uh, what are the couple of things that you're most proud of uh, in your housing career? I, you know, one of the reasons, Ray, that I believe that I had the long tenure is I enjoyed what I was doing. Sure. Um, and I believed in the... Uh, service that we provided. So um, having grown and matured, I would say the thing I'm probably most proud of is the relationships that I've developed with the staff and the families that we've served. Those are things that you can take long term. These were real families that we were dealing with, and I wanted to make a positive uh, difference and influence in their lives. And I, I believe I've been successful in that. And that would have to be what I'm most proud of. That's great. Can you talk about what your programs there at the Housing and Neighborhood Services called the CDBG program, which is the Community Development Block Grant? Uh, can you elaborate a little bit about that as far as like, you know, uh, I know we offer free lunches and and, and free services to residents in Grand Prairie. Can you talk, elaborate a little bit about that? I can. The um, Community Development Block Grant, and we use a lot of acronyms in housing, so I'll refer to that, that particular program as CDBG. Um, the CDBG is a program that is um, an entitlement, uh, an entitlement for cities would mean that they have a population of over 50,000 residents. And so um, there are some criteria for um, receiving those funds. And so the city of Grand Prairie has established several programs with those CDBG funds. Um, we have our 
rehab or emergency rehab, which allows um, families of low to mod income um, if they're having some emergency needs like their AC goes out in the summer or their heater goes out in the winter or they may be having some plumbing issues and they need the income eligibility, there are funds available to assist those families. Um, there are also funds that are available um, to public service activities. And so we'll have nonprofit organizations apply for some of those funds that they administer to provide some needs of the families. I believe that the city of Grand Prairie Parks and Recs receive about $20,000 a year. And with that, they provide after school um, or summer camp programs. So those families that are income eligible, it will cover a lot of the cost um, to have their families or their children participate in those types of programs. Um, we also have a rehab program uh, for those homeowners that are low to mod income um, where they have repairs in which they uh, may not be able to afford. So it provides assistance to those families, those homeowners. Um, and sometimes if the homes are in uh, dire need of repair where um, the cost of the repairs will exceed at least 75% of the value of the homes, then we do what's called a reconstruct. So we'll um, demolish their home and then we'll rebuild a brand new home for Well, Esther, you've really done so many amazing things for the organization and for the city of Grand Prairie. Um, you truly have left a legacy in your career. How do you like to be remembered? Well, you know, as I stated before, Ray, um, when you get older and having to, um, my probably 40-year-old self would give you a different answer than my current self. I won't tell my age, but I would like to probably be remembered as someone who cared, someone who cared about um, the organization, someone who cared about the people that they serve, someone who cared about... Um, just people in general. I, I think that that's probably the most valuable asset that we have. Um, it doesn't matter how good you are. I tell my staff all the time, it doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how well you can perform or do a job. If you don't care about people, they don't really want your service. Absolutely. They, they want to be cared for. Absolutely. And, and I would like to care for them. That's great. You know, you were talking about uh, your your employees that that uh, you work with and stuff, and they're great people, and they do uh, amazing things. I always tell people that uh, you're only as good as your people exactly. that you surround yourself with. Exactly. And if you don't have those people around you, then uh, you're not going to be as well as as you can be. So right. you're only as good as your employees are. Absolutely. So. Um, well, that's great. I, I'm I'm glad that uh, you're talking about your career and how you would like to be remembered. Um, we're going to kind of switch a little bit, okay? Uh, because uh, to another subject, uh, 
as you know, my mother passed away mm-hmm. uh, on August 15th. Uh, you know, my family's still grieving with that process. And, um, you know, it's been a very difficult time the last couple of months for me. Uh, and I know your mom passed away about the same time. Right. And I believe they both passed away from congestive heart failure. Exactly. Uh, how are you doing and uh, how do you deal with the grief of your, the loss of your mother? Well, Ray, it has been the most challenging experience I've had. Um, well, I My mom raised us to be a close-knit family, my siblings and I. She was a vital part, and um, there was a intimate relationship where we um, interact every day. Um, I called her every day. Um, During the latter part, I assisted in her care, so I saw her every day. And even as her her health failed, and you knew that, or I knew that she couldn't exist in her current um, state, it was still devastating to lose her. And I, you know, with my my faith, I am a woman of faith. I, I do believe that um, God's word about when we transition, but it did not ease the grief at all. I, I still process and think about her daily. Um, so many things remind me because I cared for her. Um, I still, when I go into the grocery store, my first thought is, what do I need to get mom? (laughs) So, um, when I get up in the morning, you know, my, my thoughts are still, how is mom doing? And, you know, just that quick little mini thought. Sure. Yeah. So I've never, ever, ever experienced anything that, um, requires just so much focus and concentration. But one of the ways or one of the things that uh, has assisted me in that, my family and friends have been amazing. The comfort, the letter, the uh, the, the, love. Phone, the love and support, yes. The phone calls, the text. Um, even to today, I still have them called to check on me. Hey, how are you doing? And that makes a difference. So it's important to have people and to allow people to provide that support because you need it. Absolutely. You know, when uh, mom passed away and, uh, you know, I've got a lot of letters and texts and plants and flowers from everyone. And and I, I appreciate that. My family appreciates that. Uh, you know, we're, we're still going through a difficult time. Yeah, it leaves a hole in your heart. It does. And, uh, you know, they say that hole is going to be there forever. But, you know, sometimes it gets smaller and smaller with time. But, uh, you know, I will always love mom. Yeah. She taught me so many things about life. And, uh, uh, you know, it's it, it. I'm just going through a difficult time right now. Exactly. And, and uh, I'm sure the, this... Uh, this, it, by me grieving, uh, I think I felt like that 
and I was telling my brother and sister that, you know, I have to get back into a routine type deal in order to, you know, not in a bad way, stop thinking about mom, but I need to emotionally and physically get on with my life because if not, uh, I'll have a difficult time. But uh, yeah, we're all we're all dealing with the grief. And how are your siblings doing? Your brothers, sisters? I think um, a lot of times as siblings, we take one another for granted. But it has caused me to draw closer to them. Um, we all was close with mom, and we all have a lot of her strengths. Um, and we we just kind of came together. So a lot of the comfort for me is just interacting or calling them. I remember texting them uh, the other week and just stated, I miss my mama. And they all commented, I miss her too. And um, we talk about the feelings that we have. And, you know, when you when you have everything and everything is in place, you argue or quarrel about the smallest things. But um, when you experience this and life comes to you and the reality comes to you, you realize what's important. Your family's important. And mom pushed us to care for one another, to take care for one another. Um, to love to be there for one another. And when she transitioned, all of that made sense and just kind of came together. Absolutely. Uh, great story. And it sounds like your mom was a great person. She was. And uh, can you tell me one one thing? Uh, what is one thing about your mom that she taught you? My mom taught me a lot of things. Um, but if I had to consider the most important thing is my mom taught, <clears throat> excuse me, to be independent. And she always reminded me of the value that I had. And because of that, I'm able to see the value in others and pass that on. And so whenever I got into a difficult situation or even got into a situation that we would typically feel rejected or unloved, I always knew I had value and I always knew that I was loved. Sure. You know, that's one thing that mom taught, you know, my, my brothers and my sisters that don't always forget love one another exactly and uh she she totally uh passed that down to us and uh very thankful for that because mom taught us a lot of a lot about love yeah uh, don't get me wrong she was hardcore oh yeah uh, if you same got here side uh, you'd never hear the end of it but uh yeah uh i will always love mom and and i'm uh, as well as you will always love your mother absolutely always so um Esther, where do you see yourself in 10 years from now? Oh, my goodness. In 10 years from now, I, I know I won't be working, but I hope that I will 
be doing something that makes me happy. I hope I'll be in good health or mobile where I'm able to give back and maybe influence or help someone else to reach their ultimate or the best version of themselves. So either, you know, working with those families that are part of our ministry or working in a community, I would like to be doing something where I can influence someone and um, maybe be able to minister to them about how good God is and how if you just kind of look around, he has things and people in place that allows all of us to be successful. Absolutely. You know, I always tell people, it's like, you know, I've been paralyzed now and going on uh, close to 43 years as a quadriplegic. And uh, they always tell me, Ray, how do you get through this? How do you get through this? You know what? All you have to do is look to your right or look to your left. Absolutely. Somebody always has it a lot worse than you do. Absolutely. And uh, no, I, I totally get what you're saying. And, you know, by me doing this podcast, I feel like I'm helping people out. I feel like that, uh, you know, if I've touched one person or even you today, yeah. if you if somebody out there watching this show and they're like, man, I can relate to that. And, you know, and if you've helped them out, it's what it's all about. Absolutely. So, um, well, you know what? There's so much more to, to discuss. We're almost out of, out of time. But, um, uh, you know, we are both wearing pink. And pink is uh, breast uh, awareness, Cancer Breast Awareness Month. And uh, in my next episode, we're going to be talking strictly about Esther Coleman and uh, about breast cancer awareness. Absolutely. So, uh, Esther, I want to very I want to thank you for being on part one okay. of the incredible Esther Coleman show. Okay. So, uh, thank you for being on, and uh, we'll see you next time for part two. All right. Thank you. There's still so much more to know and talk about Esther Coleman. We would be here all day. Stay tuned for part two as we take an in-depth look at how Esther is dealing and handling being diagnosed with breast cancer. Thank you for watching and listening to my podcast. I want to thank the Grossman Burn Foundation and the Texas Boot Company for sponsoring this episode. Make sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and on my YouTube channel called Rolling With Ray. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Should you be looking for a good book to read, please pick up my book called The Life I Didn't Expect, Facing Adversity and Winning. The book is on Amazon. Until I see you again, keep rolling with Ray. This episode of Rolling with Ray is sponsored by the Grossman Byrne Foundation. The Grossman Byrne Foundation provides medical, financial, and emotional support to families who have suffered a burn injury and they aid in the development of a self-sustainable communities worldwide through public education, strategic partnerships, and teamwork. For more information, go to www.grossmanburnfoundation.org or email inquiries to info at grossmanburnfoundation.org 
or you can call 866-411-4423 for more information.